This episode is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to get special rates on life insurance for health conscious people like cyclists. If you're listening to this show, there's a high chance that you are an avid cyclist. If so, support the show. Check out Health IQ's life insurance rates specifically for cyclists. Learn more about what they can do for you at healthiq.com forward slash semi pro cycling. From Semi-Pro Cycling, this is the Semi-Pro Cycling Show. I'm Damien Roos. Cycling is dot, dot, dot. Sometimes cycling is really hard to put into words because it speaks to something inside you beyond words. It can be about things like the pursuit of performance, the thrill of overcoming challenges, and embracing the experience. The following words from a friend and longtime supporter of semi-pro cycling, Alex Krill, sums up the power of cycling on and off the bike. I really see what you're onto when you say that cycling spreads into other parts of life. It's a fun game and it makes one believe in that one can be better tomorrow than one was yesterday and that really is fuel for life. He knocks it on the head because, to me, cycling is a tool that helps us to find success and happiness in life. It can be a counterpoint to everything that is going on in other parts of your life, but fundamentally, its positive impacts outweigh its negative impacts, or at least that's the aim. I say all in all, this has been the case for my cycling career over my entire lifetime. There have been times, though, when the scale has tipped from positive to negative and I've stopped riding altogether. I've come to realize, though, that I'm happier and healthier when I'm riding a bike. And so I'm on a quest to find the best way to keep cycling forever and help you do the same. And that's the new direction of this new show. It's about your personal progress, your struggles and your triumphs. This may include racing, but it also may not. It will mostly include cycling, but again, sometimes it may not. Hello and welcome to the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, the cycling show about the spirit of cycling. Whether you're just starting out or you are an experienced rider, Semi-Pro Cycling helps you unleash your potential and transform your riding. Today, in our feature segment, Cycling Longevity, the quest to find the best way to keep you and me cycling forever, especially in the context of X races. This is the first of a three-part series on longevity, covering ways to stay motivated, healthy, and get help through the process. The thing about longevity for X races is that it's hard for some people to stay motivated once they stop racing. As a coach, I've seen this firsthand, and as a cyclist, I've experienced this for myself. On the surface, this is about maintaining the benefits of cycling, like how not to put on extra weight after you stop racing. It's also about moving away from goal-orientated thinking. And finally, it's about still being competitive once your racing days are behind you. If you're not an ex-racer, meaning that you're currently racing, or you don't race at all, stick with me. There's a nugget or two in here to help you ride forever as well. The way you came into the sport often sets up the first three to five years of your riding, whether because of the discipline you started with or the people you ride with, 
In the beginning, riders will focus on narrow aspects of the sport, put their head down and learn how to push themselves. This opens up new experiences and places. And at some point, you may want to experience racing. You start lining up for local club races and traveling to stage races, training five, six, seven days a week in order to race around in a frantic, jostling, buzzing bunch of riders trying not to be brought down by a wayward wheel or a piece of road furniture. Racing is fun and fast, and it can be all-consuming. Just look at the Masters and the Amateurs riders being caught for doping at the moment. Racing fulfills certain desires that can be hard to match in other areas of life. The feeling of being fit and lean is hard to explain. The quantifiable achievement, like power or Strava times, takes on new life. And the social element of racing against new people from all walks of life keeps you coming back for more. But I believe that all of this has a time limit. And I've gone through this, getting to the top of the local scene. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about being the most winningest rider out there. Yes, competitive on my day. But I got to the point where I looked around and I thought, 15,000 kilometers a year on a bike. For what? So I can be an A-grade rider, be in a bunch with a bunch of good riders that still get dropped by the local pros. There's more to cycling to this. So I quit racing. Then what? What's left if you want to keep riding? Where do you get your satisfaction on the bike? How do you keep the fulfilling, transformational experience you get from riding a road bike in your life? How do you enjoy it for as long as possible? I know that some of you might be listening, shrugging your shoulders and just saying, just get on the bike. It's easy to keep riding. But riding is wrapped up in so much more than just getting out on the bike. Sustaining anything over the long term, and I'm talking real sustainability and finding longevity in cycling, is not easy after coming down off the buzz of racing and winning. It takes a shift away from potentially all you've known about how you relate to the sport. I started riding, racing, before I really understood what kind of a tool the bike was. I was good at racing and I would win, and winning was cool just out of high school. And it was like, boom, okay, this is like my vehicle to success. I never connected with the bike and how it could make me feel. It was mostly about racing and how winning made me feel. That's pro cyclist Taylor Finney talking about his shift in mindset after his potentially career-threatening injury sustained in a crash at the 2014 USA National Road Race Champs. He is talking in terms of longevity within the sport, but also, I guess, how to stay in the pro ranks. And finding the connection with the bike has no doubt helped him do that. So this is exactly where I would start. Instead of why do you ride, ask how does the bike make me feel? Satisfaction is a word that springs to mind here. I think about how the bike makes me feel, deep satisfaction, when I'm swapping off turns in the sun, pushing hard without the fear of getting dropped. See, I told you it's complicated. Deep satisfaction at the end of a hard ride that comes with the still mind and an all-consuming, pleasurable body ache. Answering this question will help you define what feeling you're chasing on the bike outside of winning, and in turn, help you to know what to do next, or 
will it? What I would have normally done at this point is set a goal, find a big event, and then work backwards. But goals aren't the answer to longevity. I was talking to a friend recently, Ali Watts from Ali Fitness, and she mentioned that when she moved to Hong Kong, the location is irrelevant, but she went on group rides and everyone would ask her what she was training for. Although they might be asking her because she rides a lot and goes hard and goes long, this question to me was more about the people asking it, the type of people that set a goal, find some other people to train with, and when the goal's done, they just move on to the next thing, which most likely means not joining the group for training rides anymore. Ali was an anomaly in her group. She didn't have any goals. She just loves it. Now, definitely, this type of motivation is just hard to conjure up. What it does show is that goals aren't necessarily part of getting you to keep riding. The trouble is that a lot of people approach their cycling with a binary approach, meaning if they aren't training for something and doing it right, then they don't want to do it at all. And this mostly means, though, that people will come in and out of cycling when they have time to do it right. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do see this as a wasted opportunity, though, because there is still opportunities out there for you to enjoy cycling and get all the benefits with the added bonus of not heading in the direction of burnout and having to take a break at some point. Let's get to the nuts and bolts of how to ride forever without being goal-orientated. And it starts with setting the opposite of a goal, setting an intention. Intentions aren't all wishing and manifestations. There is no woo-woo here. They are your inner relationships with yourself and others. Goals are external achievements, destinations. They're not lived each day in the present moment. To make this a little clearer, here's a metaphor that may help you make this distinction between goals and intentions. You may set a goal to ride up Doi Intanon, Thailand's highest peak. And of course, it's a worthy goal. It gets you excited and motivated and you ride lots in preparation. On the day of the ride, before you begin the ride, you set your intention to be present to the feelings you're experiencing, the sights and the smells along the road, noticing the beauty in the experience, good and bad. So even if it's raining and the road's closed, your intention to enjoy the connection to the bike and nature's beauty can be fulfilled. You return home, not feeling victimized by not reaching your goal, but fulfilling your intention. So you can see Taylor's question, how does the bike make me feel, is about your internal motivations for getting on the bike and looking for ways to use your answers to the question as intentions to help you focus on what's truly important to us. Getting to the core of exactly what you like and love about cycling and getting the fulfillment on a much more regular basis. This is just the beginning of the process. One thing that road riding teaches you is that deep satisfaction comes from deep application to a thing. So coming up, we redefine competition and learn how to set challenges so you can find that feeling. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to get special rates on life insurance for health conscious people just like cyclists. 
You will be working hard at staying fit, getting on the bike, all that it takes for you to continually ride all the time. Why shouldn't you be rewarded? You may already know the personal benefits, but research shows that avid cyclists have a 45% lower cancer risk, 18% lower heart disease risk, and up to 28% lower risk of early death. This doesn't always translate to cheaper life insurance though, because historically many cyclists get penalized for family history, BMI and other attributes, but don't get rewarded for their health conscious lifestyle. If you're listening to the show, there's a high chance that you are an avid cyclist. If so, support the show and check out Health IQ's life insurance rates specifically for cyclists. Learn more about what they can do for you at healthiq.com forward slash semi pro cycling. Welcome back to the semi pro cycling podcast. So with your intention set, You set out for a ride and let the riding you do that day speak for itself. And you do what you can on that day and that's it. You ignore the destination and the journey you take to get there. This will help you embrace the obstacles, the work, the pain, the tears, the doubt, the fear, the suffering. This will help you get the most out of each ride. But once you start to thread these days together, you might start thinking about what else is out there. If you want something to bite into, to keep moving, refining, getting better, like the quote from the intro, the fuel of life is how one can be better tomorrow than one was yesterday. And honing your intentions and your awareness is a daily practice. But what about something to test these intentions, to push them? There's always competition. Competition has played a large role in this for me and many cyclists. For some people, the only motivation to ride is the competition. But if we have any hope of longevity, we have to redefine competition outside of racing, which I do believe there is more to competition than racing. So when you find yourself in the same weird limbo that I'm in now, not wanting to put all my time into training and racing, but still wanting to be fit and maintain some adventure, physical hardship, camaraderie, there are healthier options than the monomaniacal focus of racing that can still satisfy your need for competition. For example, you could turn to Grand Fondos. One, it's the official departure of the Gran Fondo Giro d'Italia, Northern Ireland, as the riders I'm not sure they're the answer though, because if you want it to be, it can still be a race. There's even the Grand Fondo World Championships. Grand Fondos, to me, are the marathon of the cycling world, and they have the flexibility that comes with doing an event rather than a race. They are all-inclusive, as much experiential as outcome-based. You can compete at the pointy end or just ride to the finish. But I feel like they're a bit too check the box, bucket list item over and done with quickly before you move on to the next goal. What about aiming for something deeper? Looking beyond Grand Fondos, we're seeing a rise of the longer style events like the Indian Pacific Wheel Race, five and a half thousand kilometers across Australia, anyone? Just as ultra marathons seem to be rising in popularity, this is part of the larger narrative of endurance sports, softening as riders and runners are getting older where for some, the focus shifts from solely aiming to compete with others and go fast to honing in and pushing your individual limits and connecting to the outdoors, all while bonding with an interesting group. And because of this, the enjoyment of the entire experience increases tenfold. I still don't think events like these are the answer. My alternative? Experience. Experiences that push your limits, 
hard effort and deep satisfaction, pain and triumph. But what does this look like? A challenge. And with all writing, but no training, the fear is that you may not make it. You may fall down in a heap or you may come out having completed the challenge. The real challenge is within you and what you're going to do when it gets tough, when you're suffering. And committing to the challenge is one way to progress as a writer and growing as a person. This challenge, this real challenge, is something that meets you where you are. Wherever you are in fitness or mental preparation, it's a competition within yourself that scares and excites you at the same time. Something to build towards without burning you out so that you can turn around and do it again and again and again. This is different to signing up to a Grand Fondo because first, you start with you. Work out what time you can devote to your cycling on a regular basis. The work you can put in decides the challenge for you. So rather than meeting the demands of a goal or an event, you have the freedom to set the terms yourself. An example of this would be a five-day, 600-kilometer trip across the Pyrenees, one that I've been dreaming about all year that I will not be going on, devastated. Something that will push you. The essence in a challenge is that even the most seasoned cyclist would dream to do it. And while there would be the usual small tests of strength and speed for different mountains or sections of the road, it's a challenge because simply getting from A to B each day would be an accomplishment. It's about digging deep, but still getting there. Of course, there has to be an element of application to the thing. We all know that riding a bike is most satisfying when you've really applied yourself and gone hard. If you don't go deep and suffer a bit, you don't get any of that satisfaction. And the challenge of the challenge is making it just hard enough, but not too hard. One of the great attractions of cycling is that you can do it forever, or at least for a very long time compared to other sports. We just need to change the way we think about our time on the bike in order to achieve this. Find your answers, set your intentions, and enjoy your riding every time you get on the bike. And most importantly, give yourself permission to see that there is beauty in paradox. A serious cyclist who has no desire to obsess over racing, nor think solely about their time in their chamois. Because this is permission to simply aim to consciously enjoy every part of the cycling experience. That's it for part one of this three-part series. In part two, how to keep riding forever by staying healthy. Because let's face it, the relationship most people have with endurance sports is not a healthy one. So I just wanted to take a hot second at the end of the show here to say that I'm glad I'm back. I haven't been in action after an extended break and I'm really looking forward to the new direction of the show and from a production perspective I'm making sure I can make the show as sustainable as possible. The show threshold fell through because it was taking too long to produce. It was actually taking one or two weeks. We're talking 30, 40 hours per episode to put together, which really isn't sustainable when I'm trying to just get as much great information out to you as possible. So this show is going to be slightly different in that regard as it's going to take less time to produce, but hopefully we'll get the quality that's fairly similar to what we were going for with Threshold. If you're new to semi-pro cycling or cycling in general, check out the back catalogue of the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast. There's a bunch of shows on all aspects of cycling. We've got other shows such as the Your Cycling Questions Answered Podcast, the podcast where I find the best answers possible to your cycling questions. You can head over to semiprocycling.com and you'll be able to find any of the episodes there. 
On a final and sad note, this podcast is dedicated to Russ Eden, who passed away recently. Russ was young. He was in his early 50s. He had many more years of cycling in front of him. I had the pleasure of coaching Russ for a very short period of time. And in that time, I found him to be a delight to work with. He was positive and he was a thoughtful guy. So Russ, you definitely will be missed. RIP. Special thanks to our sponsor, Health IQ. I'm Damien Roos. Thanks for listening.